Welcome to Greenlight Pod. Uh, this is your host, Chris. But for an hour here, hour and a half, I'll be uh, Joe Exotic. Uh, if you haven't seen Tiger King, first thing, I would suggest you go watch it right now. You can watch the whole thing in a day. I had to do a review. I'm going to do it uh, with Ryan Rosillo, Lane Johnson. Welcome to Greenlight Pod. This is your host, Chris Long. I hope you're not watching on YouTube, but if you are, uh, I am dressed like Joe Exotic. I'm really into Tiger King like every other uh, American cooped up in their respective living rooms, family rooms, uh, kitchens, wherever else you're watching this series. Uh, You're definitely at home though. And this thing has taken the nation by storm. So, uh, had to do a review. I'm going to do it uh, with Ryan Rosillo, uh, Lane Johnson. Here's why Ryan Rosillo is really good at uh, picking up on some nuances when it comes to, you know, series and documentaries and shit like that. So, he's going to have some observations that I'm sure most won't. Um, and then Lane Johnson is from the great state of Oklahoma. Uh, actually, he's from Texas, but lives in Oklahoma. One of those things. Texas and Oklahoma are definitely trending toward each other. I don't know what to make of uh, if the border means anything, if they're the same state. Um, The more I'm learning about Oklahoma, there's a lot of Texas things going on in Oklahoma or vice versa. I'm not sure which is which. But um, yeah, so Lane's from Oklahoma. Ryan's really witty. We'll break this thing down. Um, Listen, this is hard for me. To describe my outfit, I have uh, a pink button-down. Well, it's like peach. I got some jewelry. I got some turquoise. I got a turquoise fucking bracelet because that's what Joe Exotic would wear uh, if he wasn't in the clink. I have uh, a tuxedo vest over my uh, peach button-down, as Joe Exotic would have if he were at a wedding or a funeral. Uh, an occasion that was worthy of throwing on a tuxedo vest over a button-down and just a button-down. I have a Mount Kilimanjaro hat, which I feel like, you know, Joe Exotic would would like. It sounds worldly. Um, I I have a a mullet wig. I have have eyeliner on my eyes. Again, you can head to youtube.com to check this fucking thing out. So I had to leave the house today and um, explain to my son Waylon where I was going uh, dressed like this with um, a fucking blonde wig on, okay? I told him I was going to a Halloween party. <laughs> uh, the confusion on his face. He's four years old, doesn't have a calendar, but I think he's pretty sure it's not Halloween. (laughs) Uh, And then I explained to him that in actuality, I'm just um, mimicking Joe Exotic, who is a viral superstar right now, uh, the star of uh, the Netflix special. And just in these words is exactly how I explained to him. And I'm doing a podcast. 
And when he asked me what a podcast was, I was like, well, look around, you know, look at the, the cabinetry, you know, the, the Viking stovetop. I don't even know if we have a Viking stovetop, but you get the idea. It's podcasting, son. That's what I got to do. That's where I've been all day. I've been podcasting. Um, and that's why I'm dressed like a fucking moron headed to the studio to podcast. Um, my wife helped me put this outfit together. I have eyeliner on my eyes, uh, and I don't have, you know, enough facial hair right now to have a goatee. So she just scribbled this uh, this goatee on, and I think I'm pulling it uh, pulling it off. I did get out of the car, um, you know, my studio. As I've said, it's the uh, it's the only only uh, thing in the building. Um, nobody's there, so I just turn on the camera and go. You don't expect to see a lot of people, but you know, especially right now, but there were a few people walking down the opposite side of the street. Um, and I got out of my car dressed like this, carrying a stuffed animal tiger. If you're listening, I also have a stuffed animal tiger. I took it from my son Luke's uh, room and uh, I rolled. So here I am, Tiger King. I'll just say this, we're gonna joke about this thing a lot. Um, and I'm glad people are like talking uh, about this uh, docu-series or whatever you wanna call it. It's a fucked up situation now. They're, like I think buried in this, uh, this series uh, uh, amid all the what the fuck moments, the like jaw-droppingly stupid things that Joe Exotic does or how weird, um, doc is or how scummy jeff is or how terrifying carol is is like the cats are just in terrible shape here uh the animals are all fucked up and that's what i hope people at the end kind of ties it back together a little bit the numbers should be eye-opening Ten thousand cats in captivity in the u.s and then like four thousand out in the wild so it's eye-opening because like it's fucked up for the cats and it's also fucked up for the people living near these places. Like it's scary for you that I, I texted a buddy today and uh, I was like, have you heard of this farm? Cause he's, he lives in Oklahoma. He's like, yeah, they're building that new farm right next to where I live, like two miles from where I live. And uh, I was like, what the fuck? So imagining that in my county, I would, I would venture to guess in Albemarle County, Virginia, there's probably at least one person with like a really misguided, dangerous, exotic animal collection. I like, and that's kind of, it's kind of sketchy. So uh, we're going to joke about it. A lot of observational humor, but it's actually not that funny. It's kind of fucked up and Joe Exotic's in jail. So all he has now is podcasters to keep his, uh, his charismatic legacy alive. And I will gladly carry the torch for an hour. This is for Joe Exotic. Here's Ryan Rosillo uh, from Manhattan Beach, California. So welcoming to uh, Big Cat Rescue Charlottesville, uh, my good friend <laughs> Ryan Rosillo is on the hotline and he, um, I'm out of character now. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. So really? you know, but you do a really good. Uh, you do a really good. Uh, uh, Joe Exotic. Yeah, yeah. I I dropped it on you and Meg last night, and I yeah. I could hear the game in the background. I'll I'll 
I'll bring it out. Unfortunately, my best Joe Exotic is during the time of the entire doc that I find maybe the most offensive, which people would probably rank other things more offensive than what I found the most offensive, but maybe we'll get to that a little bit later. Okay. I'll, I'll drop it on. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Nobody wants to be put on the spot to do an imitation and tell a story, uh, so I'm not going to do that. Rye. No, I'll do it later. No, no, rye. So it'll come It'll come organically, The which yeah. is impressive to have the range to do New England accent, which is very natural for you, then to go Oklahoma, which honestly, while we're here, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the Seth Galifianakis skit that Zach does. Have you ever seen that one? No, I don't think I have. Oh, bless yourself and watch it later. Uh, but Seth is basically his voice is identical to Joe Exotics, so I don't know if Zach was doing uh, doing an Oklahoma accent there. Right? Is it the m- most mind bending documentary since when? Like docu series since when? Blair Witch. Um, <laughs> it goes back that far. No, I'm just I'm just trying to think of like all my buddies that saw it. And they're like, dude, it's real. It's real. And you're like, it's definitely not real like people don't actually do that stuff like dude the the, the cabin they're like what was that woman you're like yeah they just happened upon a ghost figure in the middle of the woods um but i love the build-up i mean there are very few things that have ever matched the hype of this but what i love about this is that everybody you know on social media you know what happens and i was making this point the other day like if somebody in your group is way too into a band you're probably less likely to get as into them even if you kind of like them right, right, it's right, right. exactly yeah, yeah it's like hit songs yeah, and then it's almost worse if like your boy likes the band that you introduced to the group more than you do, and you're like, wait a minute, now they're yours? It mm-hmm. gets really weird with dudes when it comes to music yeah. and that kind of stuff. We've tried a lot of times to introduce to each other different stuff, and it doesn't always work out. Well, you've tried to push well, Lenny Kravitz on me, to be fair. Now, I gave you a Miles Davis playlist. I never heard act from me on that one. So It might have been a busy uh, day. Might have been. It could have been. You have, more, you have time now. Yeah. But the point is, is that... I know it's it's watching it unfold on social media for this isn't it's just it's unbelievable because I saw the promo and I'm like, all right, what else? You know, I'm gonna give it a shot. You were in on it early. We're immediately like, how how are and I go, I'm already done. And I was mad I was already done and I didn't ration it better like a guy lost at sea. Yeah. And everybody that watches it, it's so rare for everybody to to walk away from the same piece of something, whether film, music, television, in this case, a doc. To have everyone go, oh my God. Yeah. Because the best way to describe it is just when you think the story's so weird and twisted and complicated and connected, it gets even weirder. It raises the stakes every single episode. And it's just unbelievable that this world exists. Like I'm I'm willing to think that there's some really weird stuff that happens out there that we'll never know about. And this was something I had no idea that exists. The big cat world maybe the worst collection of people. And that's the other thing is I don't like anyone in any of the episodes, which is usually a failure because people will be like, well, who am I actually rooting for in this show? And you may be rooting against all of them. Maybe you're just rooting for the Tigers, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think rooting for the Tigers would be, I'm going to put my Tiger down now because it's kind of hot uh, and uncomfortable. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hot in these rhinos. Uh, no, I, I, I do, I do want to say the Rinky... Is a good guy, okay? I want to find Rinky, the guy with, with double amputee, good guy. I think he's got a moral compass, solid dude. I was rooting for him to get the fuck out of there. And eventually, uh, it seems like he found his way. And we talked about him on the phone last night. He, he is spending, as you said, an exorbitant amount of money relative to his probably his savings account on um, the, the, I don't even know if you call it a motor vehicle. What'd they show him rolling around in at the end is spider or one of these three wheel, like Kawasaki. 
Yeah, it was one of those deals that was like, I don't know if it was a three-wheel deal with the two front wheels and then the, the back wheel or a Spider or a, or a Can-Am, but then it was like the car version of it. Yeah. I think it had some Joker decals. I think we came up with a term last night that it's an NFL rookie car. It is, because the only time I'd ever seen it was uh, Josh Sweat had it uh, for the Eagles, and we used yes. to always give him shit. He would park it outside, and it would like be raining, and I'd be like, well, how cool do you feel now? Yeah, you got a fucking car with three wheels that kind of looks like a four-wheeler, but it's soaking in there. And not, to, but you know, Rinky at least he uh, he accessorized. He had, if you didn't notice, like a skeleton in the passenger seat. So Rinky is good with me. I hope he's doing all right. Rinky, um, I'm, I'm glad you said that. And you're right. It seems like he cares more about the 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 ride than the bed. But when he's at the end in a trailer making bologna sandwiches with mustard on Wonder you, Bread, you saw that too. You, know, you saw it too. Yeah, yeah. He, his living room was right here. The kitchen was right here. And the door was right there. Like there really wasn't much else to that thing as trailers go. And I felt for Taxes it. Are yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, you're not no no carbon footprint either, to be honest. Uh, but Rinky, Rinky's a good guy. I will say this though: the most accurate line in the whole uh, documentary was probably like the second one, and it was that Chucky, as somebody called him later in the show, a walking Chucky. Um, Garretson was the guy's name, the fat guy with the weird hair the middle part in his hair that would always be in like a a, a hardware store and you're like what you know the guy that that was kind of the kingpin the strip club guy strip club big yeah, cat mark, guy, mark davis guy yeah the, the mark davis mark guy davis. he said in the beginning those big cat people they're they're all backstabbing pieces of shit and when you said that earlier i was thinking i don't know if there's another industry where i trust people l less than the big cat industry and i didn't even know as you said now the point of the the documentary one of the biggest takeaways should be there's 4000 uh 10,000 cats in captivity in the US and 4000 in the fucking wild so there is an underbelly of society here uh where a bunch of people are doing homemade zoos with tigers and shit but i i think this industry i i stack it up against the tow truck industry uh, what other industries are as bad as the tiger industry or in the stratosphere? Well, look, the tow truck thing's nasty, um, but I'm, I'm not going to defend the tow truck people here, but I mean, some of those people are actually just trying to do their job. Like yes. the guy who drives the truck, um, you know, he, he's just trying to do a job. The people that own the tow truck things or they just turn into mercenaries about it and they're like like making up reasons to tow your car and I've been on the other end of it where there's been times I've been wrong and then there's other times where I'm like, you guys are just making this up as you're going along. Um, and that, that can get really bad. There's a place in my hometown that ended up having to change. They had to do a whole rebrand makeover because people stopped going there to get gas because they had towed everybody's truck in the entire town. Yeah, um, that's bad stuff. As far as, as far, yeah, as far as like the backstabbing part of this is just where's the permitting? Like it's one thing to talk about PETA in, in this, but like, can I just go outside with a staple gun and throw some tigers out there and I own a fucking zoo? Evidently. Like, where, where are the <laughs> if you listen to Joe, like how Joe first got his tigers, and I was doing some reading, as I know you have, um, Joe got a call because he had friends in the police department that, um, and I don't know if these were his first big cats, but there was somebody in an apartment complex that just pieced out and moved and left his tigers like you leave a refrigerator. Like he had a, a tiger, a, a cougar, and like a jaguar all in the backyard. Evidently, they were eating garden hoses. They were so hungry. 
they were like, which is sad. I mean, it's terribly sad. They were malnourished. They were just, it's the entire thing as we have fun with the characters is fucked up. No doubt about it. But yeah, there's no permitting. I, it feels like anybody can own it. And the scarier part, if you look at like the Dayton thing, if you remember when Dayton got overrun with wild animals because some guy offed himself and then let all the animals go, like they could be in your backyard. And they were kids animals. Yeah. Right. They were yeah. kids animals. All of a sudden you're driving down the street and it's like turn around wild animals. Yeah, no, no doubt. No, I mean, like, I texted Terry Bradshaw today to be like, because I know he has a place in Oklahoma, and I'm like, hey, Tigers. have you watched Tiger King? And he's like, actually, I've watched it three times, and those guys are not far from me, and it's terrifying. I mean, like, people, you know, you could be Terry Bradshaw, you could have a spot near one of these Tiger King guys and not know it. I don't know who's got a big cat in Central Virginia. There's probably somebody with a big cat. I would, I would, I would, I would guess an educated guess would be within a 15 mile radius around me somebody has a big cat would you agree and you've been to charlottesville oh yeah where you live yeah no doubt okay all right probably not gonna work because you don't have as many yards here but um and then think about this too it's it's one thing like if you really were to think about the numbers you just point out it's more than three times the amount of captive tigers in this country than actual in the wild yeah and the guys like you have to be a certain gear, right? We know without saying kind of who that person is that's in that lane that goes, hey, you know what I'm going to get into? Tigers. Yeah. And to think that like the guy who at some point is buying expired meat from Walmart, not only to feed the tigers, but also once he has his side pizza parlor and he's coming out with sausage and pepperoni and John's like, yeah, that was the expired meat on that pizza. Like if a guy's selling me expired meat topping pizza, but then he's also in charge of 200 plus tigers and the safety of the surrounding areas. Like, how does that happen? It's, it's, how does it happen? it's ridiculous. It's a it's a wonderful point. And my first thought in the middle of a pandemic was watching him serve the pizzas. There's zero chance he washes his hands. And if he ever does, it's not for 20 seconds. Joe is not a big hand washer. I don't want to bury the lead here because we've gone down the road a little bit. The lead for me is that methamphetamine uh, or crystal meth, because there's a difference. Uh, crystal meth, I would assume there's um, a boatload of crystal meth in that motherfucker, um, is the most powerful drug in the world. It has to be, right? I mean, he is getting straight men to marry him uh, and you know, Joe exotic, he's not Brad Pitt. No, no. Um, I mean, he's still got a good head of hair. Um, oh, do we, he's not fat. Do we, do we know for sure it's, so, you know, it's real? We don't know that it's real, but when he was in jail, I don't think they let you keep a wig on. So when we saw his mug shot, he was yeah, definitely the, the losing bangs. some frost. Yeah. But he was like, look, the frost didn't run its way out. It were back to natural roots. So I think that's his real hair. Um, he was kind of low key, like. The story's so insane, you don't you forget he's on crutches like half the show. Yeah. With an outside the jeans knee brace. And then he went from like one revolver to two revolvers, which meant like, okay, paranoia's kicking in. I noticed yep. a second revolver immediately. And yeah, I think there's I do think that there would be if you were to title this and it was all the bullet points of a Tiger King review, you could even bullet point is meth underrated. Because I would have to think like, and I've had some low lows. Yeah. Don't know. And look, I'm a real open-minded guy, but I I just don't know that I ever. I've you won't ever even smoke of, pot oh, with oh. me, Ryan. How open-minded are you? You've refused. You you're like a fucking like the dare officer spent a year. Like you spent a summer with the dare officers. Every time I try to smoke pot with you, you're like a real real goody two shoes. So don't tell me you would skip and go straight to meth. I'm calling bullshit. That's 
that's no, I, that's what I'm like. Everybody's got their own challenges, man. So I'm being sensitive to it all. But mm-hmm. I, I think the takeaway from it is you're home watching it going, would I ever be down on myself enough that I would just start cranking meth and marry a dude? and have access to tigers. And I just, I don't think I'd get there. Well, yeah. And and it's not just the access to tigers. You, you're like, you're enjoying working in a cage with these animals. Like you could die any day. You know, that, that girl or, um, the guy, um, that's a guy, yeah, it's a guy, lost her her arm, lost his arm. Um, I hadn't like, he was back at work in five days, you know, like lost, his arm and was back at work in five days. That's how committed to this place he was. And I don't think he was on meth. I didn't get that read from him. I actually thought that he He, is actually also a good, a good character up there with Renke as far as reliability. But you know, it's Joe's magnetism, just, you know, whether it was through meth or some other persuasion or the, the big cats, um, or just like, his shit show magnetism brought these people in. I do want to say my favorite new meme is, and we can go down, we're going to do character studies one by one here because there, there are some brilliant supporting characters in this, in this documentary 2020. This is my favorite meme. Now (laughs) I'm fucking it up. If 2020 were a person, it would be Joe exotic. And it's the picture of uh, Joe clutching a tiger, looking all business, because that's what this year has been. This year has been Joe Exotic. Erratic, we've got a pandemic, the year starts off, we're about to go to war with Iran. What else fucked up happened? I know probably five to 10 like beloved celebrities have probably died. I, like, I've lost track because of the pandemic. Joe Exotic is 2020. Joe had five husbands by my count. Is this, is this, is this accurate? Am I miscounting? Me, and I just want to, make sure that we cover this bit like to to be straight and then decide like hey you're going to tell your family i've now married a guy and then it's like what are you up to and it's like well meth but i'm taking care of tigers meth and, and tigers. everything it's like imagine being the family member so like this isn't this is different than just joe was was in in a relationship with another man like these guys were admitting that they were straight but they were so hooked to meth. And so I mean, look, they didn't have many options. I've got a trailer for you in the back. You can ride some ATVs around, yeah. but you're also going to be my husband. I'm going to take your name. Like that's some, you got to really like tigers is my point. And yeah, that's absolutely true. And we're going to have a three person wedding. Okay. Which most people are not going for. And then on top of it, I'm going to sing at the funeral. I'm going to more fully into Kenny powers. And when we, when we have a little get together after the services, uh, I'm going to have little Caesar's pizza. Yeah. So that, that actually of all the things that happened and I'm a little, even though we're having fun with this, the only thing that I'm, I'm really sensitive about would be Travis, you know, taking his own life. We watch, um, Josh, Joe exotics, gubernatorial campaign manager, um, who I kind of like Josh, to be honest with you. He Josh, works at Josh the ample is, section. Yeah. In Walmart. Yeah. Is the ammo guy at Walmart and then was like, I'd love to run your campaign. Hired. Mm-hmm. And he actually watched Travis. And at Travis's funeral, I can't fathom being the mother who's oh. then there at her son's funeral. He took his own life. She's a mess. She's in the front row. As understandable as anything. I can't even fathom. Like, I can't even believe she got there. And then Joe Exotic starts doing a stand-up routine where he's like, Travis, he loved 
you know, his little golden nuggets. He used to rub them all over you, and you're like, oh, my Why'd you, why'd you do the voice now? I was trying to keep a straight face for the most serious part, and you bust out right. the, the Oklahoma uh, voice. I mean, that was tough timing for me. No, and then he starts going right into a concert, and then, as you said, Little Caesars, and he was like, I want this to be a celebration. And you're like, are you kidding? Like, that was the part. I mean, look, I know there's all sorts of – like, there's so many – Fucked up parts of this whole thing, him organizing a hit maybe on somebody else. Like that should be the thing taken as seriously mm-hmm. as the treatment of animals and his battles and all these different things. But like for him to go, I'm going to turn this into the Joe Exotic show with full cam star wipe right into country music that wasn't even his, by the way. And then Little Caesar's Pizza. Well, it's, I, I don't it's the little it's the little Caesar's pizza, which he also had at the the pink ribbon cutting ceremony for his uh, newly remodeled trailer after it burnt down. Was it did was it Joe that called them crocodilians? Yeah, he was like, and then the worst part is they they burned up seven of my crocodilians. I'm like, dude, this guy is just was it he's crocodilians? Yeah, I, I don't know. I I, 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 I lost track. I, yeah, I lost track. But I mean, like from the pink ribbon uh, session, I went on Reddit, you know, reading about uh, Joe and one guy. I mean, I shit you not. You know, he had the this is how much of a hustler he was. I mean, it's hard to understand when you rank and we will the, the trustworthiness or the I wouldn't say trustworthy because none of them are uh, per Chucky at the beginning of the, the pod. But the dangerousness of these characters, I am. I'm inclined to rank Joe pretty low, even though he's erratic and dangerous because he's just kind of a hustler who's going to do whatever it takes to get over. He's not very smart. There was a story that I was reading about where uh, Joe was doing these mall jobs, right? And uh, a guy who used to work for him was recounting that he was doing a mall job and they had pyrotechnics involved. A bunch of people were there. They did the pyrotechnics. The tiger wouldn't come out. It was just, you know, he understandably terrified crouching in the corner of the cage. So Joe said, go to the store. I need you to get some orange and some black spray paint. And then you, I need you to go get a sheep. So Joe goes to get a sheep. He, he gets a sheep brought, spray paints it black or orange with some black stripes and trots it out there thinking people are going to think it's the tiger. Like it was just this, this hubris, you know, mixed with this stupidity, mixed with this, you know, hustler's ambition, shout out to 50 Cent, you know, that made Joe the tornado of just unpredictability that he was, but I don't think he was dangerous. And by the way, on Reddit, to finish my point, this guy turned a profit off of everything. You saw the condoms, you saw the um, the condoms with his face on the the gift shop stuff. A guy literally uh, posted on um, on Reddit that he went to the farm and Joe walked up to him. Joe himself walked up and said, quote, last time I went, he said, well, the guy on Reddit said, quote, last time I went, Joe himself gave my 12-year-old son a condom with Joe's face on it, and he says, here, son, this will save your life. I mean, like, this is the type yeah, of... he was throwing out condoms to, to kids um, at his campaign rally and the whole thing. I mean, that's the part. There's another part. I mean, look, the, the list is endless of shit he does that you go, I can't stand this guy. But I think what it is, is do you ever have a friend who's like in desperate need of attention? Just desperate. I think we've all had somebody. Yeah. And, you know, usually it'll be this thing where at a certain age you go, hey, you know, I'm not going to be a singer. I'm not going to be a famous actor. I'm not going to be these different things. Joe never stopped. 
and the tigers were access to attention. And whether it was from men that he married, whether it was people that worked for him with awful conditions that clearly didn't have better options or just the attention of being Joe Exotic. As he right. says in the thing, he goes, people come to see Joe Exotic. They don't come to see the Tigers, which is bullshit. But he believed that. Right. And then, oh, by the way, I'm going to start doing some of these music videos. And I would say highly uh, edited. Like some of that stuff, I was like, well, who's paying for this? Like, right. was it the document? Was it was the documentary guy, the director who you may have on, who was like, I'll let you do some videos, too, on top of this. So he's singer. He's doing that. He's got a TV show. He's that a hustler. Nobody's he's watching. all over the place. But everything was about him being a star to even pretending he's going to run for president in 2016 and then running for actual governor where he got 19 percent of the vote on his side of it as a libertarian. So I hundreds I of just, votes, by the way, I looked it up. It's, you know, in the five hundreds of votes which makes me think we should probably temper our expectations for um, you know, the country's response to a pandemic that 500 plus people in Oklahoma voted for fucking Joe Exotic. That, 19% sounded a lot better, but it was from his party, which I don't think. Yeah, know, we're talking about Oklahoma, I would think Oklahoma Libertarian Party is kind of high. Well, 500 votes. I didn't know that you looked it up. Um, oh, that's yeah. great research out of you. I thought it was a few thousand votes. I yeah. think I think 500 votes. I mean, it's 500 too many. You, you could get 500 votes in Oklahoma and you, not even be registered. You voted for a guy that said to a reporter on the news, "It's going to be a ticking time bomb when someone walks in here to try to take my animals." Small Waco. Yeah, compared to it's going to go down like Waco. And then the local cops, like, I mean, imagine being the local, was it Winwood? Yeah, Winniewood. I think they say Winniewood. I think think they actually enunciate the E. I was looking at real estate there the other day on Zillow. It's now's the time to get in before, before, hush. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Because there's a lot of people thinking about it now. That's the next big Um, thing. What? Hey, can we get back to the, the, the arm being bitten off, which is terrible because um, the guy whose arm was bitten off, basically they were like two years of construction surgery, we can reconstructive surgery, we can save the arm. And he was like, nah, forget it. And then was back at work five days later. Maybe the most impressive, unexplainable thing of all seven episodes. Yes. And a lot of people are going to disagree. No, I'm with, I know this and I'm with you. Go ahead. Joe was already in his EMT jacket Yep. while he went out to see whose arm was bitten off. So that means at some point somebody was like, hey, we had a bad accident. An arm's been bitten off. Maybe um, one of the employees is on the ground, could die from blood loss. Hold on. Let me throw in my EMT jacket and cameras on the scene. Yeah. I mean, like he scurried into his trailer which looks like a bomb went off in it. How many dream catchers does he have in that motherfucker? I mean, all, no dreams are getting you know in 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 Joe Exotic's dome in that fucking trailer because he had six in the hallway. I counted, um, and then he he. And gets, by the way, let's less. <laughs> Less ATVs, less ammunition. How about some sheets and a bedspread? Just spread? a sheet and a bedspread, dude. You're sleeping on a mattress. Uh, you know, I, I you slept worse it than I like did in college. Yeah, yeah. It was college. Two thousand. If somebody visit me, they'd be like, "What's going on?" It like, stops okay? being funny. It stops being funny to sleep on a mattress with no bed or box spring after college. After that, you got to get a real fucking bre- uh, a real bed. Absolutely. So he scurries into his trailer and gets a like a 
you know, rescue 911 jacket, to your point, yeah. that he probably role plays in that motherfucker. And he's out there within minutes, you know, just standing over there with the camera as if he's concerned. Then he's back in the gift shop. He gives the weirdest like address to the 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 uh, the, the folks at the. I don't know if they. Do you think that really that they had the cameras there at the time, or they reenacted that? Well, the I thought the customers looked surprised, like legitimately surprised. I think Joe's directing the whole thing. I think it'd be like, okay, I'm going to go in and tell everybody, and he just, you know, tell you what, Joe Exotic PR is just as blunt as it gets. Oh boy, he walked right blunt. in. That fucker was like, hey, everybody, before you hear it on the news. Someone had their arm bitten off. Stuck so it in the cage and down to the yeah. tendrils, it was gone. We, we can we can do a refund, rain check, or we can we just let it die down. We'll reopen the park in an hour. You know, which one like, do you want to do? Right. I mean, and, and think about that. Like, all right, hey, let's just hang back. Let's get a hot dog, and then once once somebody's airlifted out of here, we'll go. Hey, this. Is the t- that is the ultimate move the drill. If you play pro football, you know what move the drill means. It means when some guy gets a grisly injury in training camp and some callous fucking coach walks over and just says, move the drill, you know, says two words to the guy on the ground whose legs sideways, and we move red zone to the 50-yard line and continue the drill. Joe Exotic moved the drill on a dude who just got his arm bitten off. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I have nothing else to add to it. I have, I, I have nothing like, else. To listen, dude. Right, let me ask you, yeah. ask you this. Yeah. Because as I went through the whole thing, and, and I really, I don't think, sometimes it's, it's fairly obvious we root for the hero in a, in a cool, like when you're watching Taken, you're rooting from Liam Neeson, right? Okay, right. You are. Um, when, you're, when you're watching, usually the first time you're introduced to a character, you sort of subconsciously end up rooting for that person. Yes. Um, we had stretches of television where all of a sudden, we had the bad guy being the guy that we're rooting for, which kind of changed the dynamic, changed all the rules. Cause usually you always want to root for somebody you like. I kept coming back to this being like, I actually think I hate Carol Baskin more when she may have been at the, at the, at the grand finale of this thing, the target of a murder for hire. Yeah. But yet she was accused of killing her own husband. Who's been disappearing or has disappeared has never shown up. There was all these facts that they got into with the way she wrote, rewrote his will based on death or disappearance. And that five years into the day where she could declare him legally dead, she was in there with the paperwork so that she inherited everything. The siblings uh, or the, the ex-husband who had disappeared, uh, his, his, he had divorced his wife, but his daughters were like out of the mix other than like 10%. And they were in the piece saying we didn't really get they anything. Had a, they had nice interior decorating in their house. It looked like they were doing well, but... They didn't get a lot of that that windfall of money, right? Because the the husband that disappeared was apparently like worth between five or ten million dollars, and then all of a sudden just was gone. Um, and the the acreage on their their lot there with all the tigers and everything was so extensive. The local cops were like, "Look, we couldn't really do anything, even though we've investigated and talked to her. She stuck to her story and all these things." So I think when that's planted in your head as a little bit of a seed, you have less sympathy for her. But I'm I'm sitting there constantly being like, "Well, I don't like." The guy from Vegas. I don't like um, Doc Annell. Yeah, Mr. definitely not. Um, because he's like, he was oddly like in charge. You know what's crazy is, is when you go through all the main cast of characters, Vegas guy, Antle, Joe Exotic, Carol, um, Miami drug lord. The guy. Yeah. It, he was like, I didn't chop someone's head off with a circular saw, but I, I was just was, there. 
I would go to just, dinner with that guy. I'm not going to dinner with any of these other motherfuckers. With that guy. Like he was the most normal yeah. out of the kingpin people of this whole thing. I think the reason is he was very matter of fact. Everybody else in the documentary is deceptive. You mentioned Carol, by the way, and Carol, who had a brother in the sheriff's department, and and that van that they found wasn't was brought right back to their big cat rescue and sat there for five days or whatever it was sat there for five days and the police didn't even look at it. So, I mean, that's a major oversight or it's corruption. Uh, Carol was like, look, it, the, the van, it was at this airport door open briefcase there keys on the seat. And the guy was like, I, I believe it was planted there. I don't think this guy's abducted from the van. Yeah. And then didn't even, you know, as we learned, you can't really dust for vomit. Um, but yeah, no one does. I don't, I don't think if you, I think if you gave Carol's deceased husband time, he'd have proved out had he been a character in this whole thing and not married to Carol to be actually the most decent person there. It just sounded like he had a big womanizing problem. I mean, certainly not a death sentence. His first wife said, huh? by the way, what a sweet she was. She, she was, was like, really yes, sweet. Well, we had a wandering eye, but I'll love him till the day I die. She like, let, oh. He left her. Um, for a, a girl that he saw in the parking lot. And by the way, I know Carol said that, you know, he pulled a gun on her, which was the weirdest pickup line. I've no, ever. He told her to put a put, gun, put the on, gun on. Yeah. And he just needed to talk. Right. So the whole right. thing is just bizarre, but also Carol, Carol's crazy. And Carol, just like Joe exotic, just like doc are fucking evil and crazy, but one is packaged to be. And I think this is why people are gravitated to be like, yeah, but Carol definitely killed her husband at the, 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 um, the end of this documentary, rather than focusing on the things that we clearly know are true, which is Joe's fucked up, Doc's fucked up, all these people, because Carol seems to have skated off with it. And she's got her little, you know, uh, submissive husband that he, she had in a, a, on a leash on her wedding day. Um, yeah. after she vowed to a psychic that she would never mess with uh, dirty Joe's again or whatever she, I mean, all these people had trauma, okay? That's that's the, whether it was Joe Exotic, whose dad, you know, didn't speak to him and said he wasn't going to come to his funeral because he came out of the closet. If you read about Joe Exotic, he claims he was raped when he was five years old. Um, you, you know, Carol claimed that she was a victim of sexual assault. Uh, you know, Doc, I don't know what his trauma is, but it's got to be deep-seated. I bet you Doc had a really authoritarian dad or something. Doc is... He is the is the axe. He's the the lead dog of the axis of evil to me, because well, because he's the smartest. He's out the of all. smartest. You know, he's smart. He's delusional. He's a narcissist. Um, he's definitely a sociopath. I think all those things kind of like all go together. But he he's a real bad guy. Along with Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe's a con artist. Jeff Lowe is a is a master class con artist. Jeff Lowe, I mean his. His affliction get up, his stupid fucking bandana with the hat over it. By the way, a guy who has not embraced being bald is Jeff Lowe. Um, I, I think Jeff might keep his bandana and his hat on when he's running through those Instagram girls at the uh, at the Palms Hotel in Vegas. Jeff Lowe is a, is a bad guy, and I think his whole get up is almost designed to disarm you because I've never seen somebody that that wears affliction that I'm convinced could get over on me. But I think I've changed my mind about Jeff Lowe. Yeah, well, if you're still rocking affliction at this point, it's almost like you're just trying to get ahead of it when it makes its comeback. Yeah. So that part I can kind of respect a little bit. Yes. But he, you know, he's got a wife there who, um, you know, I thought was pretty cute. And, 
yet he's like, hey, our first kid's on the way. And then she's like, yep. And then he's like, I'm picking out the nanny. And he's rifling through all these IG chicks with like 3,000 3, followers. And, you know, they're cute. And he's like, I'm, I get to pick her out. And then he's like, and we're going to get you right back into the gym as soon as you have that kid. And you're like, you said that out loud? Like, who? Because well, they're swingers. Know? Yeah, the, 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 the gym thing was fucked up. I was like, what? The gym thing was messed up. And yeah, they're swingers, I guess. And I can't fathom being like, hey, you know, I'm into this girl. They're like, oh, really? What's what's your deal? Well, you know, she used to party with this this crew in Vegas because the guy had baby tigers. And I'd be like, oh, really? That sounds like, yeah, hopefully Dude, that works out with her. And this, um, this, this blew my mind. I'm glad you said that because my first thought during that whole sequence was imagine being a girl in one of those Instagram posts and thought nothing yeah. of it thought nothing of it, rode Jeff low in his right. bandana and his Harley Je Davidson jacket and all that shit and the, the Tiger Cubs on... Fucking poor Tiger Cubs got to watch Jeff Lowe giving some random chick the pipe in Vegas. Those chicks <laughs> are watching Netflix for the first time like, God, I hope Jeff Lowe's not in this. Yup, episode three, he's in this. Oh, there I am in an Instagram picture posing with him and a tiger. If you're a girl and you are with a guy right now and you were in a picture with Jeff Lowe and a tiger, you're having issues during the pandemic right now. Maritally, no domestic, like I mean, in yeah. a relationship, it's over. You can't go separate corners right now because you're you're quarantined. What do you so do if, you're, if your wife or your girlfriend, like people dread you know, seeing a picture of their girlfriend with an athlete back in the day or something. Imagine seeing your girlfriend in a picture I'm with stupid. Jeff Lowe and the tiger. You know what it took to take a picture with the tiger. Also, another irreparable uh, situation for me would be the, the girl in Ames. She's got to be having a lot of trouble right oh, now because that's, that's a heavy past to have yeah. been in that cult with, with Doc. Yeah. 102 hours a week, 100 bucks, no time off, 365, and you're part of my harem. And I really think the idea of harems for guys out there, like you think it's cool. I mean, I can barely text people back. I can't imagine what kind of hassle that is to be dating five, six people at the same time. I think that, I think harems, meth may be underrated, harems overrated. Harems overrated. It's trending down, stock falling, okay? Meth, uh, stock is up, harem, stock is down. Uh, listen, Jeff, to me, it was the Hummer was predictable. Okay, um, he didn't want to be bald. Dollars cash, like one stack. Like I, I'm convinced I might just try to keep ten, 10 grand on me all the time because apparently it's like Lord of the Rings type stuff. Like if you just have ten thousand in cash on you at all times, you're just allowed to do whatever you, you can want. do all things. People just out of the way. People just you don't have to give it to anybody. You just show that you actually have ten grand in cash at any public setting, and it just. <laughs> The C parts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could have 50 mil in your account uh, and, and it's not cash, though. I mean, Jeff was a big money clip type guy. Definitely shaves his arms. I would go out on a limb and say that. I don't mean to offend you if you do. Do you shave your arms? No, I don't. Never shave. But you, you never did? No, I never did. I never did that. <sighs> That's good. It's, I was really relieved there. I thought that was going to be a pothole. Um, but... <laughs> The funniest thing to me was Jeff's wife after he showed that uh, nanny and her quote was, and I was searching for it. I had the, I have a couple quotes written down. Some of these are bilingual or multilingual, so they could maybe teach the baby that. Like, dude, 
What bizarro world are you fucking living in? I will say, as dangerous as I just mentioned Jeff being, I, I maintain Doc as being the most dangerous. And the moment I knew he was like fucked up was in the not only the 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 cult thing. I mean, that's terrible. I can only imagine the psychological trauma actually that that you incur being a part of a cult. The the girl actually said that the biggest break she got was when he pressured her to go get a boob job because she would sleep for two, three days and she never had time to sleep. I mean, she was like, okay, I don't want to do it, but I will because I'll actually get some fucking time off. When Doc rolled up in the backyard riding an elephant dressed like some fucking fat Orvis mannequin, I mean, with a (laughs) ponytail down his back, I was like, this guy is... He's just the worst. He's the worst. I mean, there's there's nobody in the documentary worst. He's got this buttoned up empire, and he's done it by being a backstabbing big cat guy. Everybody else uh, might have done worse, uh, might have done just as bad, but they're not as successful, and that's why he has the market cornered on being the uh, the top dog on the axis of evil. Would you agree, or would you put Jeff up there or somebody else? I just think Doc's the scariest because he's the smartest. It wasn't even close. Intelligence level, his was through the roof. Um, through the roof. I hope he's not listening to this pod. He's going to be like, well, they, they think I'm evil, but they do think I'm smart. I like those guys. Um, <laughs> come on down, to, come on down to, to my... Here's the fucked up thing. For a while now, I was talking about bringing William Hayes down to a place I saw on Instagram where people... Post with t- or pose with tigers and I was like it'd be hilarious you get in this pool you pose with the little baby tigers it's probably awesome they probably treat them great it turned out to be Doc's spot if this came out a year it's, later it's, you're no different than some Vegas chicken palms you're just a, you're just a tiger guy <laughs> I'm a tiger guy no I mean like it's the fact that he was rumored to have been gassing these baby lions and tigers and cremating him like I believe it he's a bad fucking guy he's a bad guy he's that's where I put him not like oops I'm broke I'm doing a bunch of weird shit I end up doing a murder for hire thing because I'm impulsive and I'm Joe Exotic and I paid a hitman $3,000 which by the way Doc way too knew way too much about the market for hitmen uh, in his commentary uh, about Joe Exotic's, uh, you know, run it, Glover to drive down to Florida and kill Carol. The funniest thing. And by the way, he went right to a peeler, right to a peeler in South Carolina. So, I mean, that ends up being, I think, I know you had more thought no. there, so I don't want to jump. Can no. you finish there? No, I mean, my, I my, th- my biggest thing is if you're hiring a hitman, they had to send the hitman to the DMV to get a driver's license. Get another hitman. If your hitman doesn't have a driver's license, it's a bad start is all I'm saying. And Glover was the wrong guy for that that thing the whole time. Right. Glover had the teardrop, so they were like, hey, that means he's uh, taking somebody out. Which he'd I believe. time in and out of jail. I mean, he was definitely like the guy you'd least want to fight, I think, at Joe Exotic. No, I could kick time. Glover's ass, yeah. but I... Not- I'm, not, I'm not doubting you, but I, I'm just saying, like, I think Glover's, like, you better be ready to go. He, he'll kill you. Go. Glover will kill you. So that's what it comes down to at the end, is Joe Exotic's in jail. He's found guilty of this murder for hire thing, but they really came after him with all these counts of animal cruelty, which they were able to prove because people were selling them out left right. and right. But ultimately he had all these problems with all these lawsuits with Carol. And that was Joe's own fault because whatever he was doing, he couldn't quite figure out like the line that he couldn't cross. And here he is. Um, 
He thinks he's maybe like he clearly he thought he was paying, I think, for Carol Basket to be taken out. But it was pretty clear that since he was paying Jeff's guy and Jeff's guy who, you know, the, the hitman here, what was his name again? Uh, the potential Glover, the, Glover, the guy, the, the skinhead in the bath right. with the bandana. Right, 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 right. He, it, it seems like Lowe and Glover were like, look, let's just do this, get him on the record. And then that other guy, the Mark Davis water skiing, uh, jet ski guy. With, with, like by the way, on- the jet ski, and I'm sorry, had an exhaust tail. If with the 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 squirt stream, if your jets if, if your jet ski has a squirt stream, you're not actually rich. You're like Oklahoma Big Cat Circle rich. That's my only thing yeah, there. You know, I mean, you can only you can only play in the conference you're in. Yeah. So uh, that's that's really what it comes down to at the end. Is like you go, do I want Joe to be innocent of this because two other guys set him up to take a zoo? I'm like, I, that seems wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's what's the beauty of this documentary is that you're conflicted in how you feel about some of the people, not all the people. Yeah. Ones you mentioned, and we don't have to go over it the whole time. There's layups of like, okay, bad guy, bad guy, bad guy. I don't like this person, you know, all this stuff. Um, but with Joe at the end and he's in jail and you're like, it feels like this guy who deserves to have punishment against him. The, the, the catalyst of the whole thing was a guy trying to steal a zoo. And yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, and, and by the way, and by the way, trying to steal a bad zoo, like a zoo that shouldn't be there. So even the pretense of the entire thing is like fucked up because you're, okay. it almost normalizes it. And as the, the documentary goes, uh, you know, you find yourself at different turns. I found myself at one turn, like starting to root for Doc or not talk, I would never root for Doc. Starting to root for Joe for a second, I was like, I turned to Meg and I'm like, I kind of feel bad for him. And then the next scene is him blowing uh, the head off a mannequin. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, and pretending it's Carol Baskin with a wig on it. By the way, when Carol's husband is going through all the antagonistic behaviors of, of Joe Exotic, word for word and recounting them, I lost my shit. I mean, he... Uh, He's like, uh, first he, he posts a diaper man with Carol's head and here's a picture of this gooey thing. And it says, quote, smile, everyone. Life could be worse. You could have a crotch like Carol Baskin. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. I'm like, no, he was very, Joe was, was just, a- and then Joe in the tiger, uh, the, 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 the tiger suit outside her place protesting. And then he's got the other, the animals killing each other. Like he was just a seven year old. And that's why right. I like. You know, I think for a while you're kind of like, man, I'd like it if this guy would just because he was charming. He could be charming. He really could. You know, and at times I thought he cared about the animals in a misguided, fucked up way that you had like trauma and you're 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 covering holes in your psyche with these big cats. I mean, like it's all trauma related. But at times I was like, I kind of feel bad for him. But then he would at every turn, he would do something big. Yeah, he's evil. He's evil. So let's cast this. Are you ready? Yeah, I'd love to cast it. Okay. I have way too many notes on um, Joe Exotic. Matthew, my Mc- first thought was Leo DiCaprio, just because I think of a, a borderline homeless Rick Dalton from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like he's Leo could just push the boundaries a little bit more. Leo's capable of anything. 
Then I thought, well, what if I want to go real weird, though? What about Jody High Roller? Jody High Roller would be perfect, and it would almost be like method acting, I think. Yeah, I think he could do it. If, he, if Jody High Roller's too busy, which is always a possibility, he's crushing it right now. Jared Leto. Jared Leto Arita? could play almost everything, and I don't know how you say it. I think it's Leto. Um, I, don't, I think it's Jared Leto. Whatever it is, it he's a ter terrific actor. Um, I have Matthew McConaughey, easy, you know, easy. I mean, for me, it's just, um, sure. it's yeah. a layup. Now, I also think Mickey Rourke could play any of these people. I have him down for somebody. Oh, you do? On. Okay, good. So next, we got, uh, any of your picks are terrific, and, and I've got, for Joe Exotic, I've got Matthew McConaughey by a mile. Yeah, Mud, Mud is like an entry point into Joe Exotic. Mud meets Dallas Buyers Club. Perfect. Okay, Doc Annell. Uh, Seth Rogen would be great. I think John C. Riley would be great. Yep. But we were doing much like the festival draft, Dead or Alive. Philip Seymour Hoffman was born to play Doc Annell. Yeah, we had that written down here too. I mean, imagine how good he would be, but also pompous. And just the dialogue that he would deliver and that reassuring look that, like, I know you may know that I'm whatever, but I'm, I'm never giving in. I'm in control. I want to throw Jeff Bridges in the ring for him and really challenge the likability of Jeff Bridges. Yeah, Bridges is going to have to eat some cheeseburgers, though. Yeah, he could get big. Yeah. This blew my mind. Doc Annell lived 20 minutes away from me. When they describe Yogaville, where he was, where they he first... Huh? Yeah, dude, when he first... What? Huh? What if you had known him, and then your play after this was like, that's not the Doc Annell I know. The Doc Annell I know is a good, caring guy. I hope nobody, I, I hope nobody plays that angle, because I will... Listen, I'm going to find somebody that knew him 20 years ago, presumably, when he lived out here. Yogaville is this weird place that you drive by the sign for it and you know it's like five miles off the, it's not even a highway. So the way it is here is like, there's barely a highway, then there's county roads, and then there's like back roads. It's five miles off a back road by an LA standard. Um, and supposedly it's this big commune. It's it's like, it's a hair short of being a nudist colony, colony and there's one up in Northern Virginia, but it's fucking weird, dude. Look up Yogaville, that's where this cat lived. You have Carol, go ahead, sorry. Carol Baskin, Jennifer Coolidge, shout out to Norwell Mass. Uh, you may remember her as Stifler's mom. Which is crazy because Stifler's mom was talking about her the other day. Was I like, really liked her. She's 58. That movie came out 20 years ago. She was like in her late 30s during that movie playing a 50-something-year-old. Oh, my God. I always hate when I find out how much younger somebody was when I thought they were older than me. But yeah, thirty-eight. She's fifty-eight now. Yeah, she and, was like uh, she was like four years she was like four years older than me playing that like fifty-year-old mom. It's weird. Yeah, she nailed it. She did. Um, no it. wonder she was so great. She was only thirty-eight. Uh, yeah, she's from Norwell though. So big. Oh, Norwell big Bass. Up. This is one of the best ones I have. All right, Baskin's Baskin's husband is uh, Howard, right? Howard Baskin. Yeah. Stephen Merchant. Okay, I'm looking up Stephen Merchant. Oh, you don't know who he is off I'm, the top of your head? I'm really bad with actor names. Nah, dude. Stephen Merchant. Uh, is that an English writer? 
Yeah, but he's the guy that was in some. He was a co-creator of The Office with Ricky Gervais, and he's been in movies. Oh, okay, um, I know who you're talking about. And I'm not one of those British offices better than American office people. They should all, you know, I, I hate the people that say. Watched it. Yeah, and I Have hate. The, yeah, and I hate the people that say if you don't like it, leave. But if you don't like The Office, you can leave. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So Look, Steve, Stephen great. Merchant. Okay. Yeah. Um, next up, I have Eric um, Kami. Is that how to pronounce the last name? Eric Kami. For, uh, for whom? So he, he was the guy, long hair. He said basically at one point, and he tried to be pretty humble about it. He was like, if it wasn't for me, this, this place would be a mess. He was kind of running the show, making oh, yeah. sure everybody gets fed. Yeah. Um, sunglasses. He talked about some dark times, but only alluded to them. I don't think he got real deep on it. I could have missed that part. Also, if DiCaprio decides, hey, I want that part, I would still want Jody High Roller to be a part of this. I think Jody High Roller is adaptable to a lot of different things. He could be that. But if we can't do that, I thought Josh Demel, if he's not doing another Transformers, right, right, right. Josh is a guy. He'd just be great to have on set. But here's, here's, a, here's a wild card for you. What if Daniel Day-Lewis was like, I want a role, but I don't want to be the star. And you have maybe the greatest actor of his generation playing a bit part but giving it you all of that darkness. Just give me all six scenes. Just give me like everything. Go live on a big cat farm for six months. Method act. I mean, this has got to be a tough one to method act. The producer who, who didn't actually get rich off this thing, who by the way lives in, or the director that, you know, with the weird hat, uh, that, that, you know, all his shit burnt down in the, in the fire. That was, was, yeah, that was, uh, Rich, um, I remember that guy being a kid, being on on all those Kirkham, those Kirkham, Kirkham. He lives, he lives in Norway now. But I say that to say, this guy gave like months, if not years, of his life, like being a a method director, and fucking got bit by a spider, lost his hearing for a month. Like that's the type of thing that was going on there. Like people are smoking ice around you, and you're trying to do yeah. like it's crazy. Put Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. in a big cat farm. It'd be wonderful. Do you want me to cast Rich right now? Because I can do that. Cast him. Steve Buscemi. Wow. Wow. Let me, let me pull up Rich. That is perfect. Yeah. It doesn't even, there doesn't really even need to be anybody offered the role. Okay. If Buscemi didn't accept, we'd just write the character out of the, out of the script. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's my favorite one. I like that. John Finley. Um, one of one of Joe Exotic's husbands, who then was like, "I'm actually sleeping with the secretary, and we're gonna have a kid together, and I'm gonna get a fresh set of jibs. I'm gonna get a yeah, welding he's got job. Good, good teeth. Yeah. So John Finley's a great comeback story, actually, in this one. How about Fred Durst? See Fred Durst would be terrific. You just sit and really be like, hey, Fred, you don't really have to act that much. You're just going to be shirts off, some tats, and you just you just let it all hang out. I did think it was funny that when they were describing the kind of guys that Joe Exotic likes, they were like, you know, you see you see John Finley and he's this muscle-bound bully. Like, you're really? Like, eh. Yeah. Does he look pretty intimidating to you? Like he's like 178 of yeah, like 23% body fat. And by the way. I went on, if you remember, he was always getting interviewed at this inn, and they showed the, the, the roadside sign at one point. I went down a rabbit hole reading the reviews for this inn, because it just blows me away. People talk, 
Dude, people talked about waking up bleeding because of the bed bugs. People talked about getting cut by the springs sticking out of the mattresses. Some woman was like, was concerned about a hole in the bathroom floor. Quote, we, we walked into the check-in uh, area with our kids. Big mistake. He had a large screen TV on showing a graphically naked woman being killed. Rushed the kids outside at this end. That they were. That is a family friendly place. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I mean, we're bed bugs, springs, um, you know, just a bunch of one star ratings. I think that's, uh, I think you're right on with, with the, with, with the uh, observation that he's not actually muscle bound, but I'm glad he's doing better. I am. Oh, he's, he's doing great. His teeth look great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jeff Lowe, this one's a little tricky because you need somebody who can kind of play. You, like, you can't have somebody that's acting too hard. The role here is to be subdued, not acting. The camera hates actors. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I thought I'm going to give you two. Sam Elliott came to mind, maybe a little too old now for that role. Or one of my favorite actors in anything, Ben Mendelsohn right now. Okay, hold on a second. I got to Google him. Yep. Yep, Ben Mendelsohn. Guy at Outsider Show. He's in Star Wars. Woodford, two Woodfords. Oh, yeah, I know who he is. I know who he is. He's, he's great in everything he does. He's shown a ton of range. He's a little odd. Um, but I think he, look, I think that guy could play anybody. Yep. But it may not be enough of a visual. But you throw somebody in a do rag and an Oakley hat and some affliction jean jackets, like, you, you know. Okay, Glover, the hitman, uh, the alleged maybe, but he wasn't really a hitman because he wasn't ever going to go down there and actually do this. Uh, a lot of options. Channing Tatum. Oof. Tom Hardy could do it. Might be too small of a role. Uh, this is where I penciled in Mickey Rourke at one point, but I'm going to throw one more name at you. Yep. If it's your production, we got to get Nick Cage a role. Oh yeah, Nick Cage is going to be the 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 um, Kirkham, the produ- oh, the, the, the director. Nick Cage is Kirkham? Okay, all right. Yeah, so put him put in a, bl- a stupid ass lover. black hat like yeah. that, and just a black yeah. button down. Like that's so Nick Cage. Yeah. Who else do I have? Um, Ooh, you know who's got to be in this? Willem Dafoe's got to be in this movie. I don't know who Defoe would. Defoe could be Kirkman. He'd be good at that too. Now I'm looking at the Bashemi thing, and I go, you know, um, the Miami guy Benicio del Toro be perfect for him. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, little Latin flavor. Yep. Uh, and I really only have a couple more. The guy that had his arm bitten off, Dev Patel. You could go Remy, the guy that played Freddie Mercury, if you wanted to do that. Yep, you could um, do that. Then. Is Josh the the jet ski guy with the with the red hair? Yep, um, yep. I was kind of thinking for that one. The businessman, um, the guy that they put in quotes under his title, quote businessman. You know, you know perfect for him is he was incredible in the Tanya Harding movie with Margot Robbie, where he plays the dude that hits. Um, God, how can I? I, I didn't like that out. movie, dude. I thought Margot was amazing, but I just kind of didn't. I thought it. I thought it could have been darker. Oh, I thought it was cool. I, I thought it was really cool. Anyway, he plays Richard Jewell in the Clint Eastwood movie. So the guy that plays Jewell in that and also the guy 
It's not Galuli, right? Galuli is the Galuli the boyfriend, Tony Harding. I can't believe I'm forgetting all these names. The Richard Nancy Jewell Car- actor. Okay, Richard Jewell, the actor is um Oh, what the fuck is this guy's name? Paul Walter oh, Hauser? Yeah, I think so. Paul Walter Ooh. Hauser. Yeah, that's it. It's a three-name mm-hmm. dog. Yeah, yeah, three-name dog. You know it's real. You know your parents want you to be an actor when you got three names. None so. of those actors' fucking names are real. They're all like pen names and My, shit. I get to use that all the time. I'm like, yeah, I want to be on TV, so I threw an E in there. <laughs> uh, that's about it. That's about all I got. It's a really good, I mean, it's a good start. I know that uh, I was unprepared. I was half prepared for the casting part. Um, I will get back to you with, with uh, I promise that on the next pod, because I am doing, full disclosure, two Tiger King pods. We're going to have Lane Johnson on in a bit. Um, All right. And and I might uh, I might hit you with my my casting options. Let let's approach a studio. You have the connections. Yeah, we'll get some people loosely attached. But we have uh, something going on outside right now. So What's I don't know if you on? heard those sirens. Yeah, but you should shelter where you are. Stay safe. Yeah, man. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for uh, All right. breaking down a, a tremendous docu series. Word. See you, buddy. So as always, Ryan Rosillo spot on, uh, and I, I really liked his casting uh, skills there. That was very good, very good movie uh, that we are shaping up to make with Ryan's Hollywood contacts, um, and I guess I'll fund it. Um, next up, we've got an Oklahoma guest who was kind enough to call in, uh, Lane Johnson, right tackle for the uh, terrific right tackle, best right tackle in the league, him and Schwartz. Um, He's going to call in. He's in Oklahoma. He's not far from Winniewood, so he's familiar with the area. He can give us a little background on the lay of the land, and it's also just be good to check in on my friend. So let's have Lane Johnson call in. So joining me at uh, Big Cat Rescue Charlottesville, an esteemed guest, Philadelphia Eagle, Oklahoma resident, Lane Johnson. Lane, you've seen Tiger King. I sure have. What'd you think about uh, it? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, when I got done watching it, I felt a lot better about myself. And uh, <laughs> we can say that. We can start there. Yeah, but it's not far from where you live. No, it's probably an hour and a half, probably. Is that So you oh, could yeah. go to that zoo tomorrow, but if it weren't for the pandemic, you could go to the zoo tomorrow. Yes. What? Yeah. Talk to me about the people of Oklahoma. Okay. Um. Well, you know, here in the state, not a whole lot's talked about. So there's, you know, only th- only thing there is to do is go to OU football games and stare and stare at old rigs. Okay. Boomer. And so, and and you can go to Windstar World Casino and 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 make you a couple grand down there. So that's about all the crowd we have, uh, to be honest. But. I think, as you can see from the video, there was a lot of misfits in there, and I think that's what we are, just a bunch of bunch of misfits. You know, the Sooner Land Run, everybody, you know, jumped the gun to get their land, so, you know, a lot that, of that was that, That's like myself. Joe Exotic was a Sooner at heart, man. He was just a hustler. That's what me and Ryan were talking about that. Like, Joe, to me, he's a hustler. Like, he's he's just always going to find a way out of shit and he's always going to find a way to get to, to make a buck or he's, he's just going to find the unlikely path to success. And eventually it caught up to him. 
Uh, hey, you, you, you know, you know what's funny is that I wonder if David Spade somehow found out who this guy was before he ever made Joe Dirt, and then that's that was his inspiration. Well, to me, I was getting shades of Kenny Powers the entire way through Eastbound and Down. Yeah. <laughs> there were two scenes for me: the funeral where he starts to literally like sing out loud at the funeral and do a comedy routine, <laughs> and then the uh, and and then at the end when the Chucky doll looking guy is riding on his jet ski. Uh, to the dramatic music. I mean, it was it was Eastbound and Down. It was Joe Dirt. Uh, it was unbelievable. He even had some uh, those music videos. <laughs> I mean, by the way, but, uh, Lane, did you know that's not really his music? He was just lip syncing well, over. Yeah, well, yeah. I was I was wondering because I was like, his voice doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> no, good. I was sitting there watching like the first couple episodes, and I was like, "Fuck!" If this guy had any any you know production or budget behind him, <laughs> yeah. or a songwriter, maybe. <laughs> what do you say? The I, boy saw a tiger. I saw a tiger. <laughs> tiger man. saw man. I mean, oh. <laughs> how about the scene? How about the scene where he gets his foot bit and he's dragged like fifteen feet, and then he's just back out at work. Wouldn't that tiger tooth puncture through his foot? I, I'm sure something happened because he came out there with that Don Joy knee brace on, looking like me you, the last two seasons out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, he had the. You know, the funniest thing was he didn't just have a Don Joy. He definitely picked orange and black. He had an orange and black Don Joy <laughs> to be completely tigered out. Here's the funny thing about Winnie Wood, and I don't know what goes on in Winnie Wood. So I definitely mean no ill. I have no ill will towards the people of Winniewood, although 18% of the libertarian voters voted for uh, Joe Exotic uh, in the election at one point. I have nothing against Winniewood, but Joe Exotic was like the godfather of Winniewood, which is not a good sign for Winniewood. And in fact, when shit started to turn for him and Jeff Lowe came in town and was fucking up his business, and everybody started to be disloyal. It reminded me of Training Day at the end when Denzel's back in the projects, and everybody's like, yes. "Yeah," and he's yes. like, "I'm putting cases on all you bitches." That's what Joe Exotic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shoot program, and 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 um, Joe Exotic at that moment reminded me of Denzel because everybody turned on him. He was like this mobster. He had everybody. And he did so much, exactly. Or he, yeah, at least in his mind, he was doing a lot. He was in his mind, but all people were attached to at the end were the Tigers. Yes, that was it. But, that Joe, was it. but Joe thought he was the show. And that was the big lie going through his little head this whole time. His little head. Who are you also afraid of? I mean, I presume you would be afraid of a character like... By the way, I also... I said this with Ryan earlier. Methamphetamine has to be the most powerful drug in the cosmos, getting people to do some of the things they were doing. Let me tell you something, son. You ain't feeding 227 tigers a day without no amphetamines. Okay. You think you think he had the tigers hopped up, or that he was hopped (laughs) up? I think those ones that escaped in uh, in Ohio may have been hopped up on some amphetamines. Yeah, the ones uh, outside outside Dayton. Um, outside of Dayton. Yeah, no, I mean, the meth part blew me away. Um, you know, Joe is definitely a dangerous dude. He tried to have somebody killed, and, and by the way, if you're going to try to have somebody killed, you probably like if you really want a good hitman, don't you think it's going to cost north of three grand? And don't you think your hitman should have a driver's license? <laughs> I think you're hitman. I mean, he. I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, who, who do you hire? <laughs> I don't know. But Doc, and here you are thinking he's your right hand man, and, and in the end, you just you see it was all about the Tigers. So it was all, it was and that's just, the theme. Everything was about the Tigers. Uh, it wasn't about Joe. But I guess I'm saying that Joe wasn't even the most dangerous guy on the show to me. Who was the most dangerous guy on the show to you? Oh, probably Carol. Everybody keeps saying Carol, which I think is a bit unfair, Gross. although I know she killed have somebody. Ever, hey, have you ever seen the rescue down under the old cartoon where the woman's like an orphan and she's in with this? I have not seen the rescue down under Cowboy well, Reed. Cowboy Reed. Have you seen get, rescue down under? Do you're, we're you for two over here. We'll get on uh Wayland's Disney plus app and go watch it tonight. Cause she looks like she reminds me of the woman off, off of, uh, Rescue Down Under. It's so 19, it's a 1990 cool. movie. Yes, she she's like a, a calm and collected Cruella DeVille. Man, Doc, Doc reminded me of like a Chris Angel mind freak mixed with yeah. <laughs> mixed with somebody. <laughs> somebody you don't want to be around. No. <laughs> but he had that he had that creep to him, the Chris Angel mind freak type of Yeah. Mixed with Ozzy Osbourne, it was so I don't know, it know? was it was mysticism, is what it was. And did you know that Bhagavan, the 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 fucking weird name he changed his name to, means uh, yeah. God? That's what the girl in Ames, Iowa, said, who left the cult, escaped the cult. So that guy had yeah. a lot going on. I would also say Jeff Jeff Lowe was uh, Jeff to me was maybe the second most dangerous person on the show, the guy with the bald head that wouldn't take his yes. hat off. Yeah. He, well, he's one of those guys that's not going to take no for an answer. I mean, down here, uh, an ass whooping son is, is heard throughout the woods, and mm. reputations get put on the line. You know, down here in the holler, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. So you you think that Joe, old Joe Exotic, is sitting in the clink, and he's actually in a weird way, he's kind of okay with this. Yeah, he's he's glad he's glad that it's come to light. His 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 story's been heard. I mean. Well, they did say they did say when uh, when they put him on that king's throne, he lost his mind. Like they shot one like low budget promo for this reality TV show, and he's sitting on this king's chair. And in his mind, he really felt like a king because he was going to be on you know A and E at eleven o'clock at night for thirty minutes as yeah. this laughing. Well, stock. you could tell how you, you could tell how excited he was, like even going through the stores, like, look, I was on Hollywood times right here. I'm, mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's what his heart was. That's what his heart was into trying yeah. to get that notoriety. And whenever anybody tried to steal his thunder or ruin his reputation, well, you saw, you saw what happened. So what do you think about my get up, man? We haven't talked about that for people listening. Can you describe, uh, cause not everybody watches YouTube. Uh, and Lane has a hard hat and sunglasses on, so I think this uh, social isolation is fucking him up pretty good. Uh, what, how would you describe my getup right now to the folks uh, listening? Hey, let me tell you something. You got to explain to me what the hell the getup is. I'm not from those woods up there in Virginia. I mean, my goodness. My outfit. Your outfit? <laughs> well, for the first uh, about three minutes, I couldn't stop laughing. Uh, I think what really kind of brought it out was the eyeliner. I think that really got your eyes nice and popped out similar to to Joe. And well, then, you know, uh, Joe wears <laughs> Joe wears blue eyeliner, which my wife Meg halfway through the show was like, you know, I don't see a lot of blue eyeliner. And uh Meg didn't have any eye uh, blue eyeliner. She didn't? 
Well, you're not far off. The facial hair is there. You need a Seth Wadley Ford hat. I can go, hell, I can run out there and go get you one to mail it, and we can have it. We can overnight it. We can get you that, and, and it's a game over. Maybe well, maybe a little fake Tiger Cub, something. Oh, shit. My bad, dude. Where's your Tiger? Right fucking there, man. That's not a Tiger. That's a, that's a fucking Liger. No, that's a Tiger. I got it from uh, Luke's room, uh, my little man. You did? Yeah, today. Okay. I mean, it's really hard to, to throw a costume together in the middle of, uh, you know, a pandemic and social distancing. You know, party stores aren't open, rightfully so. You, you know you know what? Social distancing has been invented. It started with Instagram and, and Facebook. That's that's what it started. This is, this is just, these are the takes. These are the takes that you're here for. This is brilliant. Okay, expound upon that. Well, you, you, every time you walk down the street or you go into any place, everybody's fucking head is on their phone. Yeah. All, and, and, and as you know, I mean, nothing nothing is true unless it didn't happen on Instagram. Yep. No, you're right. You Including know, workouts. I'm not on Instagram. I put my, my best self out there on Instagram. You yeah. Know, that's what it's for. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's what uh, social distancing has become. We've, the communication aspect has uh, gone down. Uh, the past decade, I would say. It has gone way people. down. It's gone way down. But I will say this. I think when we get out of this thing, people are going to miss hanging out. And I bet there's this big rush to like be present and put your phone down. Because for I think for a couple months here, we're going to say, hey, man, I didn't even see any of my friends. I got buddies that I see like three times a week <laughs> in Charlottesville. I haven't seen them for three weeks. It feels like an eternity. Yeah, well, this is like the the first for everybody and that you've seen headlines like this before and you're like, there's no way this is going to come true. And then, well, next thing you know, Chris, you're, uh, you're dressed up like Joe exotic and you're sitting at home for three weeks. You know? <laughs> and that's the truth. I mean, if you'd have told me right now that I'd be wearing something like this, uh, in the middle of this motherfucker, I, I, I would have laughed at you, but here we are. Uh, and lane, I appreciate Well, first off, how are you, how are you going to work out? Well, Chris, I'm glad you asked. We uh, we actually have a key to a gym around here, which we get it in. Uh, today, we weren't allowed to go to the pool, so we had to go to a lake around here and get that cold water, muddy water. So we did that today for recovery. And, and uh, yeah, that's, that's about all there is to do down here, bro. All right, buddy. Well, uh, we'll check in with you another time here during uh, social isolation. You, uh, you stay safe. I see you have a hard hat on. That's going to help. It does help. I mean, it does help. You'd be surprised. Thank you, Lane. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, those dudes are awesome. We basically got um, observational humor, all-star in Ryan Rosillo, and then uh, Oklahoma on-the-ground correspondent in Lane Johnson. Uh, pretty good football player, too. Uh, excited to see him get out there and, and uh, tear it up this fall. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, check back uh, with us on probably Saturday morning for an outcast bracket pod. Sorry to inundate you with the pods, but we just figure uh, people are kind of bored right now. So uh, on Twitter, you can vote on our outcast bracket that we have up. Me and George Foster, George Foster at George Foster 72 seated it. Uh, I see how I passed that off to him because I know that's going to be the really hard thing and everybody's going to hate you for the way you seed that bracket. It's damn near impossible. Outcast has 64 great songs at least. Um, so vote and listen on Saturday morning. Uh, appreciate y'all. Take care.